The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. Welcome to The Shepherded Work, a weekly program to help you learn how to live your Christian faith in every place you work and live. Host Mark Goldstein introduces you to individuals who are successfully and effectively engaging in marketplace ministry and gives you the tools you need to do the same. The Shepherded Work is sponsored by the U.S. Christian Chamber of Commerce, building kingdom, business, and community. Now, here's your host, Mark Goldstein. And welcome to another edition of The Shepherd at Work. This is Mark Goldstein in the studio once again with Mike Gillen and our guest today, Maureen Joss. One of the things that this show is about is helping people understand how they can be salt and light in their communities. Well, the challenge is, if you don't know the Bible, how can you be salt and light? How can you share what you don't have? Pretty important I mean, if your salt shaker is empty... There ain't no salt coming out. That's right. Maureen has a ministry called Love and Unity Ministries where she teaches Bible literacy. And we're going to talk about that more in the second segment. But in this first segment, we want to learn a little bit more about Maureen. And by the way, we're only going to do a little Reader's Digest Mm -hmm. in this segment. Uh, Folks, if you want to hear a very compelling, touching testimony... Uh, go to the podcast for yesterday's show of Afternoons with Mike and listen to his interview, the first two segments with Maureen, and have a Kleenex with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm just for giving sure. you a warning. Maureen, yeah. welcome. Thank you guys so much for asking me. I tell you, I, you know, I've, I liked you before. We've known each other for <laughs> years. I, I've, I've seen how the Lord is using you. Uh, but listening to your story, that as Mike was, you were telling it to Mike, uh, that is just amazing. I'm going to go back and listen to that, uh, to that segment also. So Maureen, in that interview with Mike, you described yourself as the woman at the well. Why? Well, I'm the woman that nobody wanted to be around. I'm the woman that had to be met by Jesus in a Mm -hmm. absolute isolated, absolute, feeling apart and separate from situation. And you yeah, you had some mitigating circumstances. I did. I'm in recovery from active alcoholism. I've been sober now for six and a half years. Um, I also, like the woman at the well, had several partners along the way. So that part uh, hit home with me. And when he did meet me, when Jesus did meet me and showed me that I was the woman at the well, and when he told me everything about me, about myself, I was actually living with a man who I was not married to. So the scripture matched my life perfectly. Mm -hmm. And it continues to, because now I'm running back and telling all my people who he is and and what he said. And by the way, thank you so much for the transparency you shared. A lot of people wouldn't even talk about that in a closed circle, but to talk about that and have it gone out podcasts where the the world can hear it. uh, God bless you for that. Again, that show, your testimony is going to help a lot of people. So once again, folks, go back and listen to the podcast of the Friday edition of Afternoons with Mike. Mari, what what do you find? Because you, you went through recovery and it was a, a long process. You're still in recovery. What did you find was, uh, uh, obviously, other than our Lord, what did you find was the greatest tool he gave you 
to help in your recovery, to help in your your mature your Christian maturity? Well, I would have to say that willingness is the very first thing. Okay. Uh, right behind that is a special gift to be able to understand and want to understand and want to dig through scripture. There's so much there. There's so much relatability, particularly for me in the Old Testament, because there's so many people in the Old Testament that make mistake after mistake, whereas the New Testament is really showing us how it's done and telling us how we should be doing it. The Old Testament is, for me, much more of a human experience of, God, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. I know that you spoke to me. You visited me. You sent me your angels, but I just get stuck. I just forget. I just forget that you're right here. What does the Bible mean to you? Ugh. It, it, hope. Hope, relatability. Um, it's, it's the gateway to freedom, really. Mm. It's, it's fitting in. It's knowing that I'm a part of and not apart from. And it's, it's an invitation. It's an invitation to others to come and sit and let's talk about this. Let's, Let's be unified. And that's why I chose the name of the minister. That's why the name of the ministry was given to me is because if you're operating in love and in unity, I believe that you're operating in the way that God wants us to. It's interesting you mentioned that. Um, every other Friday night at 8, now it's going to be 9 o'clock with the, the time change, uh, I'm on Zoom for an hour and a half with men in communist China who are in a house church who are wanting to be discipled in the word so they can take it to all the folks that are in their house churches. And there is such a hunger for the word. But the amazing thing is, is these are communists. And I don't know that they are, but it's, we're talking to guys in communist China. We have the United States, you know, there's a lot of tension between the countries, but there's only love. On, in, in these Zoom calls, so the the Word of God does bring unity. Well, I think it's that that idea of complete and and utter and total, which I've learned at Asbury Seminary, of holiness, that God is the only one that is above all. He's the only one. <laughs> Recently, I heard there's no openings in the Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> so none of us are going to get there. Um, and from my own experience in recovery, you know, when I walk into the into the rooms and when I go to a meeting, I'm amongst people of all shapes, sizes, ages, races, economic backgrounds. I mean, the, the level, the playing field is completely level. And as, you know, the ch- super church, I like to say, as they like to say, you know, the foot of the cross is even. It's, mm. it's an even playing field. And that's what I actually hope to create with Love and Unity Ministries is an even playing field by use of inductive Bible study. So you say you love the Old Testament, which mm-hmm. I do too. Um, there are a lot of stories in there, a lot of narratives. Uh, give me some of your favorite. What are some of your favorite stories? Well, truth be told, I came to Christ only five years ago for real, for real. So mm-hmm. I haven't been reading the Bible for all that long. Um, but I would have to say that right now I've been, as I've been leading the study of the book of Genesis on Wednesday nights in Longwood, I would say that really, truly understanding Abraham and just the, and maybe it's because I'm new to ministry, you know, maybe the devil's trying to get me before I really get started, but I feel like the testing is just incredibly intense and it doesn't get easier. It doesn't, and it didn't for him. And there's a lot of comfort there, right? I mean, I am not, (laughs) I'm not a man 
and I didn't live 4,000 years ago. I live now and I'm a woman. And, um, but the, but the feelings of, of doubt, confusion, trying to do it my way, even though I've been explicitly told to do it his way. And even though I tell others do it his way, it's the best way. It's still in the moment. It's incredibly comforting to know that the person that's, that's often called the father of faith at sometimes had very little faith. You know, you're exactly right. When you read the story of Abraham, he messed up many, many times. And let's, let's remember, these were real people. These were not post-perfect people. They had emotions. They had uh, all that. I mean, in, in fact, you read how Abraham, oh, he took Isaac up to Mount Moriah and he was going to kill him. But you know, when it says he came back and he lived in Beersheba, you go to it, the chapter ends, you go to the next chapter and it says, and Sarah lived 125 years and died in Hebron. And Abraham went to, you know, to bury her. Are we led to believe that that act was so heinous to this child's mother that she, could, she couldn't bear to, to, to look at her husband anymore? Well, she'd been put you through know, an awful lot as well. <laughs> uh, well, absolutely. But, but yeah, exactly. So, but the point is, when you read through these stories, we find that there are people just as messed up as us. And huh. I think that one of the gifts of inductive Bible study is slowing down, mm. slowing down and, and really looking at what the text says. When it says that they traveled for three days, well, Abraham and Isaac traveled for three days mm. when he was walking up the mountain to sacrifice him have somebody sit quietly for three minutes and contemplate that thought. If they're a parent, what would that feel like? What emotions would I be feeling? Would I be willing to do it? What would I be thinking about God? What would I be thinking about myself? What would I be worried people were thinking about me? You know, Mm -hmm. the very human, very human emotions that are attached to these words, these, these letters on the page that we read over so quickly, if we read them at all. And Isaac wasn't an infant. No. So, I mean, when Abraham's tying him up, I mean, obviously Isaac had a say in it, <laughs> or he could have been. Yeah. Mike, you were going, you were going to say something. I just think it's important that that all of us realize the Bible includes these parts of uh, our human existence, the people that are written about, like Abraham, like David. They're human, and they make mistakes, even though David was the man who God had said, he's after my own heart. And yet look what David did. Uh, you know, I think it's, I think the relatability that the Old Testament gives us is one of the most beautiful aspects. Yeah. And for me in particular, and I can only speak from my own experience because I haven't walked in y'all's shoes. I've done some pretty horrific things in my life. Thanks to my disease of alcoholism. I don't think I would have done those things sober. So the fact that I've been given that compassion, given that experience to have the compassion to slope to, to then have God use this, all, all of these horrific things that I've done to speak to people with passion. When I talk to them about the Bible, when I sit them down and I, and I ask them to really think this through, think about things that you've done. Here's some of the things that I've done. And this is why it relates to me so well. Sure. We're speaking with Maureen Joss, and we're talking about Bible literacy. When we come back from the break, We're going to talk about some specific tools that you can use to get the most out of your Bible reading. You're listening to The Shepherd at Work. We'll be back in just a minute. 
If you're a Christian business person and you want to meet people who want to do business with you, you need to join the Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce. Why? Because the mission of the Christian Chamber is to build kingdom, business, and community. And it all starts with the Christian principle of building relationships. To learn more about the Christian Chamber and all the different ways you can get engaged with hundreds of other Central Florida Christian business people, visit cfchristianchamber.com or call 407-258-3578. Hey, this is Mike Gilland, Operations Manager at the Shepherd Radio Network, with a special invitation for you to join me daily, Monday through Friday, for my show, Afternoons with Mike. Our show is aired at 3.05 p.m. and replayed twice, first the same night at 9.05 p.m., then the next morning at 10.05 a.m. It's my privilege to have a wide variety of guests on my show, ranging from senators to pastors, celebrities to singers and businessmen and women. The common thread to each episode is our goal to look at life through the lens of a biblical worldview. You can listen on air to any of the three Shepherd stations in Florida. Plus, you can listen online at our homepage, theshepherdradio.com. Listen on demand to our podcast, available on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. All you have to do is use the search phrase, Afternoons with Mike. Ladies, do you want the men in your lives to be better husbands, fathers, and providers? Men, do you want all that and more? Christ-Led Communities has the answer. With men's Bible studies and group experiences, Christ-Led Communities has a curriculum that meets most every man's spiritual needs. Visit clchq.org to learn about your opportunities to grow in Christ in a Christ-Led community. The website again is clchq.org or 407-484-3899. Once again, here's Mark Goldstein. And we're back, uh, The Shepherd at Work, uh, today with Maureen Joss in the studio, and we're talking about Bible literacy. So if somebody were to ask you to describe what does Bible literacy mean, what, what is the, uh, the good elevator answer you give them? Well, Bible literacy is being able to read and interpret the Bible. Sure I like to so. teach people how to do that responsibly and with care. <laughs> Isn't it interesting how many people call themselves Christians, but the dustiest book in their house is their Bible, if they even have one at, at all? How can, how can you say you're a Christian living up to Christian standards, ethic, character, and not read the owner's manual? I think that it's, unfortunately, it's a condition that starts at the top with leadership. I was blessed to come to Florida and to be taught by Don Cousins at Discovery Church, Mm -hmm. who's an amazing Bible teacher. I also found other Bible teachers around the country via YouTube. And it was actually Michael Todd out at Transformation Church in um, Utah, Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm sorry, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Michael Todd. And he used to say over and over again, read your Bible, read your Bible. I don't care if you get the one-year Bible. I don't care where you start, where you finish. Read the entire thing cover to cover. For me, and folks know this, I'm a little bit of a geek. I love the Bible. Back in 2013, uh, I started reading the Bible 90 days, in the whole Bible in 90 days. Well, I did it four times in a year. And I said, well, my goodness, this is pretty good. So I've just kind of continued, and, and I think I'm finishing time 48 
now. But but the the whole reason I mention this is that I read it as a novel. I do it a little different than Mm -hmm. you, but I think we get to the same place. Uh, I read it like you would read a novel, but you read it enough and things start jumping out because I've taken the time to do it and you see it so much. But you do it in the first whack where you go into a scripture and you get all the goodies out of it uh, that, that can be gotten. How do you, how does that work? Well, I, I, I don't know if I get all of the goodies out of it. I get what I can <laughs> as I get it. Um, it's, it's really, I can't say it enough. It's all about slowing down. It's about slowing down and spending the time in scripture that I believe the Lord wants us to spend. And you know, it's no mistake. It's not going to be a surprise to probably most of the listeners, but it's no mistake that there are four gospel accounts. Four. That means that there are at least, at very least, four different ways to experience the life of Jesus. So how much more can we experience as we read over and yeah. over again? And the more meat we put to those bones, yeah. because the scripture is, it's the bones to the story. It's what they could record at the time. We're not talking about this being done in 2023 with some amazing editing software. We're talking about people who were doing it lots of time under duress because they were being persecuted for their beliefs and they had to get this stuff on on paper. <laughs> so you teach a method called inductive Bible study. Now, any anybody who's been to seminary or to Bible college at all has heard the term inductive Bible study. Uh, for our listeners who don't really know what that is, explain some of the principles that you would use in inductive Bible study. So inductive Bible study asks you to take everything that you think you know about scripture and leave it outside the door. Come in to this space and come in and, and prayerfully ask God to show you what do you have for me today, God? What do you have for me? Not what am I bringing to the scripture, Mm. not my personal perspective, not any of my assumptions. That's why I say leave everything that you think you know outside the door because he has something for you that's very special for you from him. And he's left that in his Bible for us. And and I don't mean to say that he's left it as if it's 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 been written and now it's done. It's that's not the case at all. Every time you approach it, um, I believe that you're given the opportunity to have a new experience with him. So it should blow your mind a little bit because it was written one time and it can do all of these amazing things in different ways every time you read it. And, you know, it's it's just it's as you as you can understand from having read through it 47 times, I'm I'm willing to bet that something different sticks out every time, every time. So as as we go through the process of inductive Bible study, we're really detectives. We're really slowing down. We're looking at the entire scene. We're noticing things that are repeated. We're noticing how the story opens, how that story closes, who's in the story, how they're identified, the locations. In inductive Bible study, we ask that you only look at scripture and Bible maps. And then once you've kind of gotten the lay of the land that way, then you can go ahead and go into original languages. But you have to be careful with that as well, because you have to have some kind of understanding of original languages. You know, I love what you just said, because... It isn't just taking words and interpreting them. For example, if somebody read somebody I wrote, something I wrote, and somebody read it and said, well, he's a, eat his heart out. How do you eat? Ooh. You know, I'm talking about be envious, right? Mm-hmm. But if you see it, if you see a term, eat your heart out, that's a, and you take it as 
that not an, an idiom or whatever, it is pretty gross. And some people get very defensive over the particular translation that they prefer. Yeah. And I think that that's a misstep as well, because the different translations, again, if we go back to the example of Jesus, which is what we're taught to do, there were four different, there were four different accounts of his life. God has allowed all of these transitions to exist. And I don't believe that anything in God's world happens on accident. I believe everything goes through his very um, capable hands. And he's allowed these translations to exist. So what we can do is we can take one scripture and we can look it up in different translations to get a better understanding sure. of what this author may have wanted to get across to the audience. And the people who have written these interpretations, I would assume more often than not, are vetted by their peers. They go through a, a process to make sure that there is some validity, validity to what they're saying. Yeah. You know, many years ago, I was in the car, I-4, before there was a divider on I-4, and we're heading east and over on the west an accident occurs and i was in the car with my two children and i saw a car spinning well my son saw a car flipping and my daughter saw a car, a car rolling and it was once the accident was over we were recounting it and we all recounted what we saw which was legit we all saw something legitimate but it was a different part of the story. So if we had to write what that was and somebody wrote it, they go, wait, they weren't at the same place. So it's the same way with the Gospels. You see different accounts. It doesn't mean that anybody was wrong. It meant that that's what was important and that's what God laid on the heart to that author. Mm -hmm. And I think that the emotions and the feelings behind that, because whether you're seeing a car flip roll or spin, you're terrified. You're concerned yeah. about the people in the car. And that's really the point of the story, isn't it? Yeah. So worrying about the different, you know, complexities of why this person said it this or that way, that's not the broad strokes. Right. You know, at, at the level that I teach inductive Bible study to the to the ministry participants isn't the uh, graduate level as I've been taught. So in the graduate level, you very much want to know why did the book of Mark describe it this way? Why did math? Why did the book of Matthew describe it that way? That's important because you're digging deeper to find more about who math, who the book of Matthew was written to. Right. You're written. You're you're looking at what the book of Mark was trying to accomplish. Those are graduate level type discussions because those are the discussions that we're having with people who are delivering sermons, who are taking one scripture. And they're building an entire 40-minute discussion for people to sit and digest. And so it's important to know those details at that level. But at the level that love and unity walks through scripture, we're more concerned of, okay, what are the broad strokes here? Mm. And it's, it's all about invitation. It's all about seeking. God wants us to draw close. And we have to give the people, because as I said in the beginning, it's not, it's not for me to criticize Christians who don't read the Bible. It's for me to open a space for them to do it. And it's for me to open a space that's not intimidating, that's not scary, that's not judgmental. It's a space where people can get simple, simple messages from the Bible, from a God who loves them very much and very much wants them to continue to learn. You said yourself, you've been in the Word now about five years. You're in the last couple of years, you're doing a seminary. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, you went from a basic knowledge of God to deep in his word with some very simple tools that you're teaching. So really, if you can do it, anybody can. 
Correct. And that's what I often say. If the woman at the well can do it, <laughs> and if Jesus told her, go back and tell everybody about me, then certainly Maureen can do it. So speak to that person right now who's interested in what you're saying, has never really done it. Give them one tip. We have another minute in the program. Give them one tip that they can, when the show ends today, they can open their Bible and do something very constructive. I would say pray before you start, number one. Ask for God. What I do, what I started doing in the very beginning was I put my hands on the Bible and I asked God, I said, God, show me what you want me to see. Let the words leave off the page in Jesus name. Amen. Because we're taught to pray in his name Mm -hmm. and that name is very powerful. And I think from there, slowing down is another big, big first step for me is slow down. Ask him to show you and take little bits at a time. It's a big book and you have the rest of your life. And I think after that, it's talking to another godly person, somebody who has had more experience with scripture than you, and talk with them about what you're finding. Okay. Good tip. And with that, we will end the show today. Maureen, Joss, now, if somebody wants to connect with you, they just go to love and unity ministries.org. Correct. And that's love and unity ministries.org. Correct. Maureen, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to The Shepherd at Work. Tune in next week as Mark will introduce you to another marketplace leader who will show you how to live your Christian faith in every place you work and live. The Shepherd at Work, sponsored by the U.S. Christian Chamber of Commerce, building kingdom, business, and community. The preceding was a Mark Radio production.